0: Welcome to Silently Bleeding, Hope for the Pastor's Wife. I'm your host, Jan McIntyre. Today, we're joining Marcy Isaacs as she talks about her journey with insecurity. Listen in as she openly shares some of the things she's walked through and how God has brought her to a place of healing and wholeness. Even though she still has struggles with insecurity from time to time, she talks about how to overcome that. So let's jump right in. you ever struggled with insecurity? Today, we're going to be talking with Marcy about her journey with insecurity.
1: I can definitely talk a lot about insecurity. And um, I was raised in a wonderful home. I was raised with godly parents that encouraged me in the Lord, had two older sisters that were great, but I was not born in a a place that leadership became easy to me. But yet there was this calling, there was this, this... This calling that the Lord had on my life, but I had to actually grow into it. I had to grow into the places of confidence and insecurity that that creates a leader that is healthy and uh, pliable in the Lord's hands. And so, yeah, I have a lot to talk about that, that I've had to get free from, that I've had to kind of allow the Lord to clean off of my life so that I can fulfill and step into the role that he's called me to. As a powerful, godly woman that I am today with my flaws, but I know who I am in the Lord more than ever before. It's always a process of growing and maturing in that, but I can say that I have jumped a lot of those hurdles and I'm so grateful for the Lord's work in my life. Um, some 42 years old, I, uh, as far as I can remember, had had a heart for the Lord. I don't know if people know this Jan, but you were my youth pastor. I am so grateful for you. And I can't go on without honoring you and saying that you have had a major impact in my life and all of the fruit that has ever happened in my life always goes back to the people that raised you in the Lord. And you raised me in the Lord. I could spend 10 minutes just on that, but thank you so much, Jan. I love you. And I'm glad that we're friends today and we can talk about <laughs> what the Lord's doing as equals now. Um, back then when I was a teenager, you impacted me so much. You taught me how to pray. You encouraged me in the Lord. So yeah, I just had to mention that real quickly. Oh, thank you, Marcy. Yeah. I love you so much. When I was a child, I, as like I said before, as, as long as I can remember, I had this heart for Jesus. I loved him. And I always knew that he had a calling on my life. And I believe that, you know, the word calling is more than just a position in a church, but I specifically felt like I was to give my life to the Lord for his service and whatever he wanted. And I felt that at a very young age, and I knew it had to do with missions. I knew it had to do with, um, uh, going into other nations and things like that, which I'm just now at my age, beginning to see that unfold. But I had such wounds in my life that the Lord had to change and had to uh, clean off because I I had this sense of comparison and this sense of insecurity that would stop me from stepping into the role that he wanted me to be a dynamic woman leader, And it was nothing that anybody had done to me. It was just the way that I was born because I feel like there's people, two kinds of people in the world. I feel like there's the person that is born with the dynamic, you know, typical leadership uh, personality where it's easy for them to step in and lead. And then there's the person that is more, you know, not quite as much that way, but you have to learn leadership. And that has been the story of my life. And just because you're not born with those attributes, that means nothing to the Lord. So the Lord had this calling on my life, but but very few people saw it, honestly, because I didn't see it. And I think if you have confidence on the inside, you'll be able to walk and people will naturally be able to see that and they'll see uh, you'll be able to step into places and, and it'll make sense to them. Now, I do think that people did see that I had a heart for the Lord, but as I begin to step into leadership, say in my early 20s, it was very difficult for me. It was it was uh, it was easy for me to facilitate ministries. I was over ministries, but as far as doing certain things um, in confidence as a leader, it was extremely hard for me. And my pastor knew it, Denny Truitt in Ada over at Foursquare Church knew it, and he, as long as well as uh, Mike and Alita Frederick, who were a part of uh, the previous church and um, their son, Denny Truitt, took over. They were so good at molding confidence in my life and creating a space for me to learn. So they, they understood the calling on my life, but they also under, they saw the weaknesses in my leadership and they gave me a place to learn and grow and a safe place to make mistakes. And because you really don't know yourself until you step into some of those places, so as a young leader, you know, I made mistakes. I, I did not like confrontation. I was very full of fear, very full of um, insecurity that uh, is dangerous as a leader. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody does to some extent, right? Because we all have a little bit of rejection. We all have a little bit of uh, baggage from the past that we have to clean off. No matter how good your family was, there's these inner healing that needs to happen throughout your life. And so uh, I've had to go through a lot of hard knocks, a lot of lessons, a lot of uh, learning about myself and understanding my weaknesses, understanding my strengths, understanding how I was created, but also asking the Lord and listening to him, how do you see me? Because I feel like one of the hardest things in life, Jan, I really do, is to speak and believe who the Lord has said that you are. Because... Um I I was one of those people which I think um a lot of people struggle with this they see their weaknesses as as grandiose even in the sight of the lord it's like I can't how can I actually become who you're calling me to become lord because I see such weakness in my life I see all of these things that I'm not good at and you know I had a shame based relationship with the lord a fear based relationship with the lord all of that began to change when I actually Began to understand his nature. And so, as I began to approach the Lord as the one who is tender hearted, who's kind, who actually likes and enjoys me, I found that these places in my heart began to heal and I would be able to stand more in a place of confidence. And so, for me, confidence has um, flourished and grown as I have more focused upon the Lord than myself. Because when you focus on yourself, it's very limiting, right? Yeah, for sure. Yes. Yeah.
0: What you were saying, I was thinking about the scripture. Um, it says that in my weakness, he becomes strong. Did that have a part to play in, in this
1: journey for you? Oh gosh. Absol- absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, because you know, as much as insecurity was a part of my life, so was pride, a lot of self-righteousness. Um, so as I allowed the Lord to kind of chisel these things off in my life, which happens through circumstances, um, weakness became something that I actually appreciated as I learned that dependence on the Lord is actually like the way to reign and rule. And it it, it is such an opportunity for the Lord's strength and anointing and power to rest on us as we lean into the place of weakness. Um, And I was, I was so much stronger when I was younger because I was leaning upon my own righteousness, my own abilities. And as the Lord has humbled me greatly through the years, greatly as he does every leader, I am okay with being weak. It's like, use this weak vessel, Jesus, use this this broken vessel that I, I, uh, so honorably want to give to you. I want to give my life to you. And he takes us as a cracked jar, as a cracked vessel, you know, and he uses us. It's so, so beautiful. His glory is inside of us. Uh, and so it, for me, it's just perceiving my weakness in a way that, uh, I want to, I want to align and I want to, I want to uh, partner with the Lord in a way that I perceive my weakness correctly, not in a, not in a place of accusation of self condemnation. It's Mm -hmm. like, wow, like you're, you're giving me weakness so I can lean and depend on you. So your glory can flow through me more. Uh, Does that make sense? Yeah, that's good. That's good. You're singing my song. (laughs) (laughs) You and everybody else's right.
0: Right. You know, that is a good point, Marcy, because you opened up saying um, that, you know, people, there are some people that are born with the natural ability to lead. And I think there may be a little bit of that, but I think leadership is really something we have to learn and grow in. I don't think, I I, I mean, I know there are personalities that lean more towards leadership, but I think for a good leader it's something we really do have to learn and hone our skills as the Holy Spirit does that through us.
1: Yeah, I agree. And you know, the verse that comes to mind is Isaiah 40, where it talks about preparing the way for the Lord. And it says the mountains will be brought low, the valleys will be filled in. And that's the story of every single one of our life. And my mountain is different than your mountain. Mm -hmm. My valley is different than your valley uh my valley was insecurity you know it had to be filled in it needed to be built i needed a lot of affirmation and as a leader as a more mature leader now those kind of people can wear you out right it's like oh my gosh just be confident please just pro please <laughs> people that are confident are so much easier to deal with because you don't have to encourage them but i needed all kinds of affirmation And so that was the valley in my life. But then there were also mountains of stubbornness. There was mountains of arrogance. There was mountains where sometimes I didn't receive correction, which is, you know, a cousin of pride. Right. All of these things that are in every single leader that has to be broken down and leveled out. Finally, in a place of maturity where we make a highway for the Lord and he can flow through us in such a way that we partner and you know I think of being an old woman and I'm just like that it, it excites me because it's like all of these decades of saying yes to the Lord dealing with my heart of saying yes to him filling in the valleys and, and and crushing the mountains and and making a level plain for the Lord and I just growing in friendship with Jesus and learning to partner with him it's just so exciting to me and it is a picture of many, many years, kind of like a spouse, because he does portray us that his church as, as the bride of Christ. It's like you know when you're old and you've been married for many, many years. It's like you almost think each other, think each other's thoughts, right? Yeah. And it's just yeah. this, this continual learning about who Jesus is in my life and who I am in my weakness as a human, as a human, but yet how He sees me covered in the blood righteous and pure and beautiful before him, there is no place for accusation. There's no place for condemnation. There's no place for negative self-talk at all. You know, even in the place where we stumble or we might fall into sin. It's like, you know what? The righteous fall seven times and we get up eight. We get up eight times, dadgummit. Like you're not going to get me down, Satan. You're not going to get me down in my mind because I know who I am in the Lord. And as a leader, those things are so important. It's so important to know your identity and who you are in the Lord and to have people that can speak into you when you're, when you're knocked down and kicked a few times by, by a couple of sheep, right?
0: (laughs) You just hit it when you said in your mind, because the battle, Joyce Meyer says the battle begins in the mind. And it's so true. If the enemy can, if he can't destroy us, Marcy, he's going to distract us. And he'll do that through the negative thoughts and the, uh, oh, I'll never be good enough. And I'm not good like her or him. And so we have to learn through Jesus to conquer those thoughts and to replace them, purposely replace them with who
1: Christ says we are. That's right. I think of the spies going into the land, you know, the difference between Caleb and the rest of the spies. He said, guys, we can take the land. But yet there was this whole group that were like, there's no way we can do this. There's, there's giants. They're way too hard for us. They're and there, 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 there. Like we're grasshoppers and they're giants. And there was no conversation about who God is in that group of people. They didn't even talk about what God can do. And it's like, I think that's the progression that we take is we focus so much on ourselves. I can do this. I can do this work in the Lord until God makes you realize you can't. You know, and then it's like, okay, so I'm learning how the Lord can flow through me. And Caleb, it says his in, I think it was in chapter, um, 14 of numbers. He, it says Caleb's spirit was different. And another version, it says Caleb's attitude was different. And I'm like, okay, wait a second. Like, wait a second. Cause we're talking about the difference between staying stuck where you're at and actually progressing in the Lord all has to do with one thing. What can God do? What can God do? Caleb didn't say we can't do it. Uh, Caleb didn't say, look at the giants. He's like, God can do this. He can totally, he can bring us into that land. Like it. And and that I think is the place of confidence of getting rid of this, this, um, obsession with ourselves. You know, um, and, and I'm not saying ignore issues. You know, I've, I've been in counseling. I've I've done all this stuff like to make sure because I want to be the best version of myself that I can be in front of people and before the Lord. So do whatever you have to do to deal with issues. Right. But uh, in the end, it's it's really what can God do with with people that are just willing to believe and have faith and, and learn over the course of time how to walk with him And it's really freaks me out. Like, what's that guy's name that was so, the Lord was so pleased with him that the Lord like plucked him out of the earth and took him away. What was his name? Oh. (laughs) You know what I'm, oh, darn. Well, there's this guy in the Bible that God was like, I just like him so much, I'm just gonna get him. And that messes with me. It's like, God, how can I please you so much that you're willing, what was it about his life you know, that you had to be with him. If it, 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 that, that story is just crazy to me. So I long for that. I long to partner so much with the Lord, not that he'll take me away, but that'd be okay. Right. <laughs> he would be so pleased with my life that I would be I would, I would have the things of the kingdom, the values of the kingdom, which are humility, which are, you know, putting others before yourself. Ambition is huge and ambition will kill you. And it's something that every single leader has that you have to allow to be crucified in your life. And God will take you through seasons where you are having all kinds of influence. And if he sees that you're, you know kind of getting on the edge of pride and taking your eyes off the Lord, it's possible that he could take that influence away. So it's just in in another season of hiddenness with the Lord. All of those different seasons are working to mold you into the leader that, that the Lord wants you to be. So, so I just say like, lean into his dealings, Lean, do not fight because we often see situations as, oh, these people are treating me terrible. You know, I'm so mistreated. I'm so all of these terrible things are happening to me. And we start gossiping and we start slandering people. And it's like, stop. You know, what is the Lord wanting to do in your heart to change you through this process? If we would stop focusing on people and, and realize that God uses people to change us, he uses circumstances to change us, humble us, promote us, whatever it is, it's people that does it. Then yes, Lord, teach us, teach us to allow you to mold and shape us into the men and women that we have we have been called to be, no matter what what background, no matter what our past is. It's just beautiful how he uses us.
0: Amen. It doesn't matter whether we're rich or poor, what side of the tracks we came from. If we're willing, God yeah. will use us. It's not about our
1: great personality or the lack thereof. <laughs> right. But about- and the thing is, yeah. And the thing is, we will model the people that are watching us and we will raise up leaders just like us that's frightening to me. Like, like, let me be an example of what a godly leader is really supposed to be. So God deal with me, allow, allow me to lean into your dealings so that I can be a mature godly woman that, you know, the 13 year old can look at and be like, I want to be like Marcy one day. And it's not because of me, but it's because God has done a work in my heart and, and the influence that comes from that.
0: Amen. So, Marcy, for that friend that's watching right now and they're thinking, "Well, this sounds great, but I am struggling with insecurity." What is a word of encouragement for this friend?
1: Yeah, um, there's so there's so many different things you can do to build confidence, but I would say the number one thing is to connect with the Father um, in intimacy. You've got to know how the Lord feels about you. You've got to know that you are absolutely among all of the creation. His eyes are on you and he, he delights and he has his affection towards you. And no matter what happens in life, that that is the, the security. That's the anchor that we have. And so insecurity comes to bring fear in us. Fear is rooted in the, it's the enemy. There is no fear in God's love. And so when I am feeling insecure, which I still do at times, I go to the father and I say, please fill me with your love. There's obviously a part of my heart that is not secure, that is not mature in love. So I need you to come and heal. Show me, the Lord has taken me through a whole process of showing the areas in my heart that, that needed healing that I had no idea. And inner healing is kind of like, uh, onion that's being peeled, layer after layer, that the Lord takes us through and shows us how He wants to change us. So, bottom line is, connect with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, community of of people is really important, but but drink from the Lord's love constantly. Be filling yourself on the Word of God, on the Spirit of God. You know, um, just just partake of, of the benefits, all of the benefits that you have in Jesus, which which is an endless supply of love for each of us.
0: Yes. So good. So good. Thank you for joining us on Silently Bleeding Hope for the Pastor's Wife. We trust today's podcast really encouraged you. God bless.